The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, Episode 43, May 26th, 1970, through September 24th, 1970. The same day as the world premiere of the Beatles film Let It Be, George Harrison entered EMI Studios London, along with Phil Spector, to run through a few songs that Harrison is considering for his first studio solo project. This is a <coughs> everybody nobody. <coughs> Everybody's busy on the road Nobody's quite sure where they're going to Everybody's struggling with the highway code Nobody's quite sure what the man to do Everybody's tied up in a solid state Nobody's without twin reverb Everybody's in control of his own fate Nobody can make it off the curb Everybody is going round 
never seen such a beautiful girl Got me shaking inside Calling on me from deep within her eyes Not the kind you go handing around Wanna keep her right there But this love may come as no surprise title for that. This one is the last one I wrote the other day and it's a few words needed yet. Beware of darkness. Watch out now, take a beware of falling swingers. Falling all Out now, take up your word, the thoughts that linger winding up inside your head. The hopelessness around you.
job now Take a beware of falling swingers Crashing all around you The pain that often lingers In your fingertips Beware of darkness Have you gone over all the material with Phil Spector already or not? No, no. I sang him a couple of the songs. I sang him a lot of songs that I had, but um, there's, at that time I hadn't decided really that I was doing an album. Now I knew I'd do one eventually, but I hadn't decided to do this soon. I kept recording basic tracks until uh, suddenly I thought better count them and there were 17 tracks. And uh, it was only after that, you know, I decided I'd do it straight away. So now I've got to meet with Phil and decide really which tunes, you know, I've got an idea which ones I'd like to use. Just six days later on May 26th, Harrison, back at EMI Studios London, began recording his album. The first of two songs recorded on this day was written by Harrison in reaction to the overall difficulty that manifested in being a musician in the Beatles. As Harrison comments in his book, I Me Mine, Wawa was written during the Let It Be fiasco, which began with the rehearsal of the songs and ended up as the movie Let It Be. We had been away from each other after having a very difficult time recording the White Album. The double album was so long it went on forever, and there were all kinds of other bullshit things happening in the band. Pressures and problems, and after that we came back from a holiday, and went straight back into the old routine. It was that concept of how everybody sees and treats everybody else, allowing no consideration for the fact that we are changing all the time. I remember Paul and I were trying to have an argument and the crew carried on filming and recording us. Anyway, after one of those first mornings, I couldn't stand it. I decided this is it. It's not fun anymore. It's very unhappy being in this band. It's a lot of crap. Thank you. I'm leaving. Wawa referred to a headache as well as a foot pedal. It was written during the time in the film where John and Yoko were freaking out screaming, I'd left the band, gone home. And then I wrote this song.
song they recorded was Run of the Mill. Harrison also comments, I like the words to Run of the Mill. It was the first song I ever wrote that looked like a poem on paper, whereas most of them don't seem much until you put the lyric with the tune. It's like the North of England thing, you know. Trouble at the Mill? It was when Apple was getting crazy. Ringo wanted it blue, John wanted it white. Paul wanted it green, and I wanted it orange. Paul was falling out with all of us, and going around Apple offices saying, You're no good. Everybody was just incompetent, just like the Spanish Inquisition. It was that period, the problem of partnerships. It's called Run of the Mill, this one. Take one. Which way you will turn While feeling that our love's not your concern Should I decide No one around you will carry the blame for you No one around you will love you today And throw it all away Tomorrow when you rise Another day for you Send me down again As the days stand up on end You've got me wondering how I lost your friendship But I see it in your eyes Though I'm beside you I can't carry the lane for you I may decide to Get out with your blessing Where I'll carry on guessing <laughs> Will you leap? your own made end with no one but yourself to be offended till I decide On June 2nd, George Harrison returned to EMI Studios London to record an old song he wrote in 1966. The title, Isn't It a Pity? The musicians on this day were Pete Ham, Tom Evans, and Joey Mullen of Badfinger on acoustic guitar, George Harrison on vocals and slide guitar, Eric Clapton on electric guitar, Klaus Vorman on bass, Tony Ashton on piano, Ringo Starr on drums, Mike Gibbons of Badfinger on tambourine, Billy Preston and Gary Wright on keyboards. Here is Gary Wright remembering being called for the session. It's all about money and records. Sorry to do sessions. One of the musicians that played on my uh, extraction album was Klaus Foreman, who had known the Beatles from when the time they were in Hamburg, because he was from Hamburg, he's German. The studio I was recording in was Olympic Studios, and one day the phone rings in the afternoon, and it's Klaus, and he said, look, I'm in the studio here with George Harrison, and Phil Spector's producing his new solo album. We need another keyboard player. Can you come over right now? And I went, Wow, sure, I'll be right there. <laughs> and I uh, got in the car, drove up, and walked into Abbey Road Studio One. And there's Eric Clapton, Ringo, Billy Preston, Badfinger, of course, George. And uh, you know, here I am, never having seen live any of these, these great you know, icons. 
And uh, George was very, very, very embracing and warm and, you know, showed me the chord structure and we started recording and I was making all kinds of mistakes and Phil Spector stops the session and says, wait a minute, who's making all those mistakes out there on the piano? I'm sorry, Phil, I'm still learning the song. And George was so sweet, he came over to me and said, don't worry, we have all the time in the world. You take your time and we'll get it. We did a couple more takes and I did get it. And the song was Isn't It a Pity? One, two, three, four.
As Harrison records his solo album in London, Lennon, still undergoing primal therapy in California, begins composing songs at his hotel in Bel Air. I told you before, stay away from my dog.
The majority of his new songs stem from his primal therapy experience. Dr. Arthur Janoff recalls one therapy session's results. We talked about things, and he said, what about God? And I would go on and on about God as, you know, people who have deep pain generally tend to believe in God with a fervency and blah, blah, blah. Oh, he said, oh, you mean God is a concept by which we measure our pain, you know, just bang. And I'd go all around it, and he would just like that. And that was John. Therapy, John started to write songs.
The Lennons extended their stay in California, and John got disillusioned with Arthur Janoff. Here's Elliot Mintz. Janoff was another father figure for John, just like the Maharishi had been. Of course, Lennon eventually found out that both gurus were human first and guru second. Not to take away from the fact that I enjoyed my scream. I would be saying, you know, Janus did this, you know, what do you think, you know? Oh, you're criticizing him already, I mean, he's okay. Because already she saw through him. The very fact that he came to us because we were famous took away from his therapy right away. But I, I, my instinct was telling me that as he walked through the door looking like Jeff Chandler. And the fact that they came, he came all the way to England meant that he treated us different from his other patients. Although he spent the six months telling all the other patients that he doesn't treat us any different. So one day I got the courage to say to Daddy, but you fucking well came all the way to England. You're trying to treat us... Because one day they brought cameras into one of the sessions and we just walked out the room. Because even under Daddy, I'm not going to be filmed. Especially rolling around on the floor screaming. You know, it looks silly, that's all. I like to perform, but I don't like to shit in public. So then he started berating us. Oh, some people think they're so big that we're not filming them. We just happen to be filming the session. Who are you kidding, Mr. John? Mm-hmm. You know, you happen to be filming the session with John Lennon and Yoko Ono in it. That's the difference. We're not doing anything special because you're here. Are you ain't? You didn't get on the plane and jump over and leave everything to come and cure us, right? Because that would have been a big scoop. The same as Maharishi Blue is cool, too. So what happens to the daddies that get famous people is the famous people either succumb completely to the daddy and then they, they promote the daddy. We're like catalysts, either the Beatles or John and Yoko are catalysts. The daddy always blows their cool because they can't contain that eagerness for power and glory. You see, and it always shows itself. It showed itself in Maharishi, it showed itself in Janoff. And not to, now looking back, at first I was bitter about Maharishi being human and a little bitter about Janoff being human. Well, I'm not bitter about them being human, they're human. I'm only thinking what a dummy I am, you know? Although I meditate and I cry. So I cannot deny it that I got that. But you haven't come back. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? No. No, 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 I'm not that stupid. Back in America on June 13th, the single The Long and Winding Road and the album Let It Be both reached number one on the same day. It was the number one album on June 13th, whilst Long and Winding Road was the number one single. On the bottom end of the charts, a newly released Beatles album on Polydor Records titled The Beatles featuring Tony Sheridan in the beginning circa 1960 reaches number 117 on the charts. On Monday, June 15th, Paul's father-in-law, Lee Eastman, drafts a letter to Alan Klein in New York, insisting that the Beatles be officially dissolved immediately. Paul McCartney. For me, I want to get out of the contract. I think the group's finished, we've split, and everything that we ever earned, or that we were ever in, should now be split, I think. They don't agree. They think it should still continue exactly as planned. But if the three of them wanted to, they could sit down today, write a little bit of paper, and I would be released... And that is all I want, by the way. Alan Klein. Because of the financial and tax structures, which were set up long before I came, it is, and, and, and the laws were passed in England long before I came, they cannot just simply write a piece of paper and say goodbye without horrendous tax problems. Klein does not reply.
On June 19th, Apple Records released the album Ain't That Cute by Doris Troy and produced by George Harrison. Both George and Ringo are featured on some of the tracks. On June 27th, it's reported in the British and American pop papers that a good quality stereo bootleg LP of the Let It Be studio sessions was on sale. It was titled Get Back to Toronto. Back in London at EMI Studios, Harrison continues to record. George had several songs that he wanted a country sound to them. It was Bob Dylan that suggested Pete Drake, as Pete played on Dylan's song Lay Lady Lay. Pete was the most sought-after backup musician in the 1960s. He made famous the talking steel guitar. I'm just a guitar. Everybody thinks of me. I'm just a guitar. 
This innovative use of Alvino Ray's 1939 throat microphone, added onto a pedal steel guitar, resulted in a new audio tool, the TalkBox. This sound would be later used by Peter Frampton, Joe Walsh, Jeff Beck, among others. Tried that one.
After Harrison's recording session, Ringo volunteered to drive Pete Drake back to his hotel. While on the drive, Ringo shared with Pete his ambition to do a country album, but was hesitant due to the time and effort it took to organize the project in London. Pete suggested a solution. Here Ringo explains. Pete left the studio one night, and I said, well, take my car, you know, it'll drive you home. His car wasn't around or something. And the uh, next day he said, you've got all those uh, country um, cassettes in your car, you know, cartridges. I said, yeah, I really like country, you know. And we were talking about it. He said, why don't you do a country album? I said, well, I can't spend six months in Nashville. I mean, I just assumed every album takes six months because that's how long it took us. And he said, what are you talking about? We're doing in two days. I said, get out of here. And we were talking. So it got down to it. I said, okay, you go, you go back Saturday and you set it all up and I'll be out the following Saturday. And uh, he did. He went and set it all up. And on June 29th, Ringo flew out for a recording session in Nashville, where he was backed by some of the top country and western musicians and singers. to a load of songs all from his publishing company which was I think the only mistake we made we didn't really search out I should have done good old country songs I know and love but then try and find new ones you know this is uh, cut one of the fastest growing party in the west this is a track <laughs> I brought her here from Arkansas, a simple country girl, to try a California way of life. But it didn't take her long to learn the ways of the modern world now she's california's fastest moving wide she's working on it over time and soon she'll finish me and the world's saddest man will live here in los angeles Of all the things she's ever done, she's making this her best. I've got the fastest growing heartache in the West. Till we came here, no man had ever touched her heart but me. She'd never taste 
wondered any lips but mine But I know now other men Only I should see Since her lips have tasted California wine She's working on it over time And soon she'll finish me The fastest growing heartache in the West. I got the fastest growing heartache in the West. Um, I'd le learn five songs in the day, and we'd go and cut five songs at night, and we did it in two days. What? I talked about the good times There wouldn't be much to say For seldom happy memories come to mind If I talked about the sleepless nights You brought my way I'd be talking all the time Came my way, a million passed me by. I thought I couldn't be hurt more. And then you said goodbye. Talking now of other things would get you off my mind. I'd be talking all the time. That came my way A million passed me by I thought I couldn't be hit more And then you said goodbye If talking now of other things Would get you off my mind I'd be talking all the time After completing his Nashville sessions, Ringo Starr returns home to the UK on July 2nd to continue working on George's album. Although on Saturday, July 4th, George aborts work on his new LP, now titled All Things Must Pass, and returns home to Liverpool to be with his ailing mother Louise. On July 7th in Liverpool, George's mother Louise Harrison dies of cancer at age 60.
Several days after the funeral on June 18th, George Harrison resumed his recording sessions with keyboardist Bobby Whitlock, guitarists Eric Clapton, George Harrison, and Dave Mason, bassist Carl Ratty, and drummer Jim Gordon. The band recorded overdubs for the song All Things Must Pass, and later in the evening, the band recorded keyboardist Bobby Whitlock's original song.
The song Tell the Truth was produced by Phil Spector. This song was the first original song by what would become Derek and the Dominoes. The next day, the band assembled at 3 Savile Road, London, since EMI Studios was booked. They recorded a second song, the Clapton-Whitlock collaboration Roll It Over, with the intention being the track's A and B sides of the group's first single. Harrison's contribution was slide guitar.
George Harrison worked through the summer on his solo album. On July 31st, John's first wife Cynthia marries the Italian hotelier Roberto Bassanini at Kensington Register Office in London. Cynthia first met Roberto in Italy in 1966. Cynthia Lennon recalls. We married on July the 31st, 1970, at Kensington Register Office. We invited our families, plus a few close friends, including Ringo and Maureen, and Twiggy with her manager boyfriend, Justin de Villeneuve. Julian was our page. He hopped up and down with excitement throughout the ceremony as my mother tried to restrain him. It was a happy day. I was 30, and Roberto two years younger. I hoped it would be the beginning of a new and happier phase of my life. wedding party at the Meridiana restaurant on the Fulham Road. The owners, Walter Meriti and Enzo Apicella, were friends of ours. The only blot on the day was when Roberto's father drew me aside at the lunch and told me that he was stopping Roberto's allowance as he wouldn't need it with me. He assumed, as so many people did, that I must have received a huge settlement. My heart sank. He was expecting me to support his son. We went on honeymoon to Italy's Adriatic coast and one of the Bassanini hotels, taking Julian with us and my brother Charles's ex-girlfriend Katie to look after him. On August 1st, Yoko suffers a miscarriage. Throughout the rest of the month of August, the boys moved further afield. The individual members of the Beatles remained very active musically. George continued to record songs for his new solo LP, and Ringo continued to work with George on All Things Must Pass. Sunrise doesn't last A cloudburst doesn't last all day. John and Yoko flew to New York City as Yoko wished to show John around New York's art scene, and Paul retreated to Scotland where he relaxed with his family and started to consider putting together a new band. And it was really a question of how to do music without this band that I'd been in forever, you know. time saying what do you think to give a good idea to try and start something are you afraid are you blue 
we chatted it through and it was like, yeah, keep going. On September 14th, Atco Records in America released an album produced by Phil Spector with Eric Clapton and some friends. It's called Derek and the Dominoes. On one track, Tell the Truth, George Harrison plays guitar. On Saturday, September 19th, George, alongside Ravi Shankar, makes a rare public appearance at the Festival of Arts of India concert at the Royal Festival Hall in London. George is there to promote the festival, which includes Indian music and dancing by a dozen performers. With the afternoon raga known as Madhuvanti. Thursday, September 24th, John and Yoko arrive back in Britain at London's Heathrow Airport after being in the States for five months. written a dozen new songs which he was eager to record. up in a moment. Ringo releases Bukus of Blues. I think it's a good record and I was pleasantly surprised to hear uh, Boku of Blues, that song, you know. John records at EMI Studios. He would just sit there and sing them um, and we would just sort of jam and then we'd find out how they would sort of go when we did them. It was, a, it was very loose actually it, uh, and it being a trio also um, was a lot of fun. And George puts his finishing touches on his first studio solo album.
Next on Yesterday and Today. Scruff was a Beatle fan that came to Apple every day, Monday through Friday. Everybody knows the name of their business was Apple. And we hung out on the steps of their building, waiting for them to arrive. And then once they've arrived, we were waiting for them to leave. finished the song Apple Scruffs. He asked us to all come in, and of course we were dumbfounded because we're never asked to come in. We're all sitting in there, and they turn on the song Apple Scruffs. <laughs> Apple Scruffs, how I love you. It was amazing. We were all in a little huddle around him, and he handed us this letter. Dear Carol, Kathy, and Lucy, now as it's finished and off to the factory, I thought I'd tell you that I haven't a clue whether it's good or bad, as I've heard it too much now. During the making of this epic album, I have felt positive and negative. However, the one thing that didn't waver seems to me to be you three, always there as my sole supporters. Thanks a lot. I really am overwhelmed by your apparent undying love, and I don't understand it at all. 
live from Georgia. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. Wow. (laughs) And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the show's as we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? <laughs> Don't worry, we will. <laughs> you can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen, or you could head to society Six dot com slash Kaminsky family podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K A M I N S K I family podcasts. Yeah. Keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> Guys, we need your help. Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. Alright. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.